0: restaurant unstoppable episode 763 with david scott
1: peters we're talking about checklist before all the heavy lifting of of recipe costing cards and inventory shelf to sheet inventory and dollars per labor or work and all that nothing matters if we don't start with checklists it's really the foundation of imposing your will if that makes sense
0: are you ready for it factors success stories failures Not all of us were created with that creative bone in our body. We just don't have that artistic ability. I'm definitely one of those people. So when I need some creative work done, I look to 99designs. 99designs, whether you are looking to get your business online, strengthen your social media presence, or if you're exploring a new way to engage with your customers, 99designs, they have a creative solution for you. So to learn more right now, I suggest heading to 99designs.com slash unstoppable. When you use that link, you'll save $20 off your first design contest. Again, that's 99designs.com slash unstoppable. What are you doing right now? I'll tell you what you're doing if you're in the market for a new POS. You're headed to toasttab.com slash unstoppable to set up your own demo. And you're going to find out why it's the most recommended POS on the show by a landslide. Guys, if you use my link, not only will you get the incentives that Toast is offering you by using the link, I'll also share my commission with you. I'll split my commission with you 50-50 after taxes. That's about $2,000 so I'll send you a check for $1,000 to say thank you and to help support you during these weird times. Again, head over to toasttab.com unstoppable. This episode is brought to you by Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a modern labor management platform designed by restaurateurs for restaurateurs, And Seven Shifts is trusted by over 400,000 restaurant professionals because it gives you the tools you need to streamline labor operations, communicate with your team, and retain your talent. And because you are Restaurant Unstoppable listeners, you get three months absolutely free. Get started at www7 slash unstoppable. That's the number seven S H dot com slash unstoppable to get three months of industry leading labor management for free. What's going on? Unstoppables. We have a great workshop recorded for you today. Uh, this workshop was recorded a few weeks back uh, with David Scott Peters live in the network. Uh, and David does it again. I don't know if you guys are familiar with David. This is, I think, his fifth time on the show. Every time David comes on the show, he just crushes it. Uh, he is just so well-spoken. He has delivered these workshops, these speeches, just so many times that he has gotten so good at articulating best practices and just really driving home points in the significance, the importance of doing the things we discuss uh, in your business today, we're talking about checklists uh, and David is in the network now. So if you are a fan of David's and you want to collaborate or connect with other restaurant owners who are using David's practices, uh, what he, he, he teaches at davidscottpeters.com. Uh, and if you actually just want to connect with David, he's in the network. You can go to restaurant unstoppable network right now, join the private David Scott Peters consulting group, which is his own group uh, where we're going to be storing and filing and documenting all the conversations past and future conversations I have had with David all right there. Uh, And you can just, you know, I mean, David can't make himself available to all of you always, but you can connect with other restaurateurs who are using what he teaches and implementing what he teaches in their business. And you can share these best practices and support each other around his material. That's the idea. Plus through the network, you can set up a one-on-one discovery call with David to see if he is somebody you want to hire full time, not necessarily full time, but you know, like he will be your consulting guy. He will work for you. You can find out how to, to get him on your team by going into the network. And here's the thing. If you use my links, if you go through the network to connect, to connect with David, you're going to get the best deals out there. And this is something I want to start doing with my experts, with my preferred vendors. And by the way, to be a preferred vendor, you had to have been recommended to me. You had to have been, you've had to come onto my my radar organically. Um, and that's kind of what we're doing. If I'm opening a restaurant tomorrow, these are the people I'm going to, to help me uh, if I had an unlimited budget. So that's the idea. And I know that you're getting the best deals because David is gonna pay me a commission, two thousand dollars for every new client he signs up through Restaurant Stoppable Network. And here's what I'm gonna do. I'm paying it forward. I'm splitting my commission just like I did with Toast. I'm doing it with Dave. I'm gonna give you guys a thousand dollars back. So he knows that if you come through my network and you sign up and he ends up becoming your coach, uh, that he is gonna split my commission. He's gonna pay it for, he's going to give you a thousand dollars off your services because I just believe that you got to give before you get. And that's my, that's my strategy. That's my game plan moving forward. And I want to give as much as possible. So head over to the network, be a part of the conversation. If you were in the network, you could have joined us live for this conversation. You could have asked your questions around checklists directly to David. That's the, the significance of being in the network and also, and I'll wrap it up after this thought, but I want you guys to know that I just, this is big news. I just close the deal with restaurantowner.com, they are going to give you six months free access to restaurantowner.com and their e-learning platform for up to three managers and 30 employees to get your your material, your your learning material, your your training material on their platform to create systems and processes around your training checklist, if you will, around your training uh, so incredible deals right now happening in the network, but you got to be in the network. And I'm telling you right now, if you were to sign up for the network, you would have literally literally thousands of dollars coming back to you. If you, if you use our preferred vendors and you use our preferred tools, uh, it pays to be in the network. All right. So with that said, here's the conversation with David Scott Peters, all about checklists. He's going to blow you away. So with excitement, allow me to welcome back on the show. I think I I lost count. I think this is the fourth or fifth time. David Scott Peters, my man. David, are you feeling unstoppable today?
1: Absolutely unstoppable, my friend.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, David, you've been in the year. How many years have you been in the industry now? Not to date you.
1: Well, I always my standard is 30 plus years. (laughs) But by goodness, I'm getting close to 40. I am. OLD started wash dishes under tables so <laughs>
0: i love it and in 2003 i mean you grew up in the industry your parents owned restaurants right you grew up in the industry in 2003 you pivoted to start teaching independent restaurant owners uh the skills and knowledge you have um you went on to to develop the restaurant systems pro am i saying that it was restaurant system no restaurant
1: Expert. yeah well when, when i started it was the restaurant and It was yeah, smart systems was. pro and, and back in gosh june of twenty. 20- 20, right it's only yeah been, no, 20, and, uh, no, two, 2019 2019 it's been almost two years and um my business partner and a group of members bought me out so
0: there you go and now you're, you're now doing what you're doing systems pro. yeah now you're doing what you're doing for yourself at david just out there uh sharing your knowledge um so pumped to have you here today we're, talk- we're going to be talking about checklists checklist 101 i've had the 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 I had the privilege of going through this slide deck before today's conversation. There's some great information in today's chat. I really cannot wait to pull back the layers and to continue to make an example of you and to share your knowledge. But let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. Dave, what do you got
1: for us? Well, the way I grew up, my father had a phrase that says, ideas are cheap. It's the people who put them into action are priceless. Nice. So you can have all the ideas in the world if you do not take action. It does not matter.
0: Dude, I love that. It's, it's a great way to get this thing started. And we're going to give you guys some, some information, some, some tools you can put to action in your business today, uh, to really, you know, give you that quality of life that you guys deserve. So, um, let's just get right into it, man. Take, take over. Uh, I, know, I don't know if you want to share your screen now and just get right into yep. it. Uh,
1: and we'll hold on guys, done. cause Dave's going to take you for a ride. So basically we're going to talk about checklist 101. And this is the beginning of imposing your will without being there. That's the critical part about this is truly making sure that how do we compete with the chain restaurants, right? Eric, we, we sit there and we say, how do chain restaurants? Like my son worked for Yum Brands when he was in high school. Uh, they have Taco Bells and Pizza Hut's and so on. They have 14,000 restaurants around the world. How the hell do they have 14,000 restaurants yet? Some of us as independent operators have the one store. And, you know, here we are, here's my cell phone. You're, you're, you're going to be on this watching. We're going through and somebody text messages. Where's the plunger? And you're like, what do you mean? Where's the plunger? (laughs) Well, what we've done is we taught people that you fix everything, right? If I need help with something, I just reach out to the owner. I reach out to the GM. I don't have to think. And the truth of the matter is checklists are that foundational system. And we're going to talk about that, 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 before all the heavy lifting of, of recipe costing and cards and inventory, shelf-to-sheet inventory and dollars per labor or work and all that, nothing matters if we don't start with checklists. It's really the foundation of imposing your will, if that makes sense. Absolutely. So, All right. So what we're going to cover over the next you know, 45 minutes, an hour or so is the importance of systems. We're going to talk about how you… Don't fall victim to a disease I call common sense And then literally step by step by step, how checklists are going to change your life, that uh, we're going to break that myth of checklists don't work, because I can't tell you how many restaurant owners I've talked to managers go, oh, we got checklists. They don't work. Nobody uses them. I can't get them to use them dot, dot, dot. Well, we're going to talk about how leadership is important to that, but it is really critical to our success in here. Mm-hmm. So now, Eric, to start off, we talk about systems. I'm the systems guy. I mean, that's, that's what I've promoted. I'm the system, restaurant systems expert. That's what I've been doing since 2003, helping independent restaurants. Again, growing from my family's restaurant and catering business all the way through to where I'm coaching independent still to this day. And the fact of the matter is, to be successful in the restaurant business, you've got to have three skill sets. We start off, we've got to have our qualitative skill sets. That's the, we know our business because we walk the circle. Tom Peters, who is no relation to me, old people remember in the 90s, he wrote all these management books and they talked about management by wandering around. You know your restaurant because you walk the circle. You place the order, you check in the order, you write the schedule, you make sure people are on time, you teach them how to do something, you scold and make sure they do it right. Like you know your business because you're in there all the time Mm. and you see and touch. And so when you see something done wrong, you can impose your will and say, hey, you got to make that change. Yeah. Well, Experience is extremely important and we can almost never replace that. But the truth of the matter is we need our quantitative skills, the numbers like if we don't have numbers. How do we know what success looks like? For instance, I'm sure in, in the eight million guests you've had so far, I'm like, you are prolific in inviting <laughs> people and, and getting great information. How many people said, oh, well, your food cost must run 34 percent. Where the hell that number come from right all oh, came from tv all the the chefs on there and their shows and whatever it's come from the national restaurant association where say the average full service restaurant is a 34 percent food cost but who the hell said that was supposed to be your number right based on your budget based on your quality product your price point your style of service your core values where you're located Right. And that's where I if we go back and you listen to some past interviews that, that I've done with, with Eric on, on on Restaurant Unstoppable, we talk about prime cost and how we may run a higher labor cost, lower food costs and vice versa, depending on where you are. So you can't run off a national average and, and because we get in trouble. Maybe your food costs based on your menu being tacos and, and rice and beans. You should be in low 20s, but you're running a 34 percent patting your kitchen manager on the back. Great job. And you're losing thousands of dollars. Vice versa, you you have a steakhouse and you should be running a 34, 38, let's say 38% food cost, but you're like, I need 34. And all of a sudden, your chef has to buy shitty product and Mm. reduce portion sizes and screw the guests in order to keep his or her job. And that's not what we want. So you got to have the right numbers. And that's where budgeting comes in. Then last but not least, you got to have solid training. And this checklist topic we're talking about is the beginning of that solid training. How do you want something done? what the job is, how to do it, how well it should be done, more importantly, by when. And here's what systems bring to us. They provide us what I the, the quantifiable goals. Because when we have that budget, we know what food costs we need to hit. Well, now we know, hey, we need to reduce our food costs three points. We're going to implement the key item tracker, waste tracker, restaurant checkbook guardian. We're going to give up ordering without giving our budget. We're going to start working on recipe cards. And month four, we're going to have a new menu. And we start to move things down. So with systems, we have quantifiable goals, but we have trainable results because all those things, when you create your plan for success, you determine what you're going to do next. Not just, hey, tomorrow, magic, food costs is down. No, what are the steps you're going to take? What systems are going to put in place? Who are you going to train? How are you going to make this work? And now you have a plan. But here's my number one reason why I love systems, Eric. It takes the personalities out. I mean, bottom line is it takes the personalities out. I don't care if you're a bullying manager rules written by me for you to follow. You know, don't don't let the door hit in the ass on the way out if you don't want to do it my way or you're a jellyfish. I think we've talked about this in the past. I don't know if you remember what a jellyfish manager is. It's that brand new manager. You know, you you spend all this time to talk that bartender, that server, that cook to becoming a manager. Don't you a manager? No, no, no. Yeah, you do. You'd be great. And you talk him into it. And then all of a sudden, they're like, I was a bartender just yesterday. I'm friends with all the bartenders. Heck, we still went out last night, got hammered. I threw up in one of my buddy's cars. (laughs) There's another bartender. And the next morning, I'm like, hey, you got to do your side work. And they start laughing at you. Be like, what are you kidding me? you were the guy who just threw up in my car. (laughs) And Right. And the truth of the matter is, the reason why I call them jellyfish is they have to crystallize a spine. They have to realize you can you no longer have to like me. You have to respect me. I hope everybody's a head coach. You're in the middle. Right, You got the best of the bullying, you got the best of, of, of the jellyfish, but we train people, we hold them accountable, we teach, we coddle, we do all those things, but it doesn't matter where you're on the spectrum, Eric. You either did the job or you didn't. So uh, either I, followed the checklist or you didn't, you I want to, I, I,
0: I love what, I love what you're sharing with us, but a uh, uh, real quick, um, I, I know a lot of people listening to this must be thinking to themselves, but personality, like we, we want our person, our, our employees, personality to shine. We want all this stuff to come out. So, I mean, I feel like you're kind of getting into that now that just because you, you want to focus and I can't help, but remember these words that you shared to me the first time you were on the show, I think it was uh, going back to like, episode 147 or something like that. You said that you want to create people. You, you don't want to create people dependent organizations. You want to create system dependent organizations. And, that, and that's where people get in trouble. Most, most restaurants are people dependent organizations. So, um, I mean, th- these words are going through my mind, but how do you, how do you find that balance of personality and system before we, we move
1: on? Bottom line is I'm gonna hire personality first. Okay. In fact, I can you know because I, I tell people I you know I can teach I can teach a, uh, anyone to count out a bar drawer. I can t- I teach anybody to follow sanitation checklist. I can follow uh, teach anybody to count inventory accurately on time and do all those things. What I can't teach you is how to smile. Mm. I can't teach you to make sure you're a culture fit. See the number one thing we want from people are they a culture fit that's what this is all about. The systems really are easy, but if I've got the wrong people on my team, if they're not customer focused, so you could be fine dining and say, you've got to be very formal. We don't do a lot of chat. We do this at the other, you could be a sports bar and Hey, you got to be able to sit down and, you know, throw it down. And there may be some off color jokes and so on. You can't be offended that right. You got to fit the culture of the business, the culture of the company and, and what that business is like, but here's the deal. The systems part don't make you and kind of here's the what we go is we worry about, oh, is this going to make me corporate and sterile? What the hell does that mean, Eric? <laughs> I don't right? No, not know. This is what comes to my mind. But yeah, go go ahead. Yeah. All we're doing is we're raising the bar. We're saying here's what we expect from you. Yeah. As long as I train you what your job is, how to do it, how well it should be done. More importantly, why I win. I don't take personality away from you. I make everything fair. Everybody's judged. Everybody's held accountable to the same set of rules. Yeah. And that's it. And that's actually, I guess, to tell you this way, people always say to me, David, employees don't like rules. I say bullshit. They love rules. What they hate is the inconsistency and management enforcing those rules. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's no, where for sure. Into and, trouble. Yeah. And so at the core of your answer, when I asked, like, how do you find that balance between personality and system is you you check that that personality box from day one that you, you put filters in place that when they get to the point when you're teaching them, the sisters, you're the systems, you already know that they meet the cultural fit. That box has been checked. They're, they're there because the personality is there. Now you're giving them the systems. Now you're becoming dependent
1: on the systems, not necessarily the people. That's right. Like, you know, some of the the best chain restaurants in the world when it comes to culture, might be like a Chick-fil-A. Okay. Like you've go through this arduous uh, interview process and you must be a culture fit or they will not give you the job because you know, their whole thing is, Hey, you know, you know, how may I serve you today? What can I do for you today? Yeah. And, and, and you just, you can't train that, right? You can train the process of it, but you either are giving and caring person or you're not.
0: Got you. All right. Thank you for, for rounding that
1: off and answering that question. You No problem. It's perfect timing because that's exactly (laughs) where I was going. Go. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. (laughs) So bottom line is when you have got your systems in place, we do take that personality out. Just like you said, you either did your job or you didn't. See, a lot of restaurants where you started that that, that, um, idea was a lot of restaurants spend so much time and money on a person. And often we've got a kitchen manager, we've got a manager type that as an independent, we've invested all this time and money into, and they're the only ones who know how to order. They're the only ones who know how to schedule. They're the only ones who know how to fix the POS system when it goes down Friday night. They're the only ones who know how to do the only, only, only. And we sit there and go, gosh, they've changed. They're no longer a fit. Uh, Maybe they're having trouble at home. Maybe uh, I'm just growing and I need more out of my people and they're no longer doing what I need them to do. And we're like, I got to get rid of them but I can't. They're the only ones who know how to, they're the only ones who know how to, they're only ones who know how to. And all of a sudden you go, that's not, that's not a good place because when you lose that person, you lose all that knowledge. Yeah. Then when I have a system, a process, a way, when that person moves on, I have other people trained on that system, that process that way, which is by the way, whose way, Eric, my way. Yeah. You, the owner, it's your system, your process, your way, because there will be people who move on move in and out of organization because they don't own the place. Yeah. And but that's exactly there. Yeah. They do a great job. That's and that's awesome.
0: exactly what we're talking about with creating system or people dependent operations, not system dependent operations. And most of the time it's it, it, most, I would say the majority of operators never even get to the point where they can recreate themselves and others and be dependent on somebody else. They never even make it to that point because of how much time and energy that takes to bring somebody up to your level. If you don't have these systems and processes and this training in place, you're literally just teaching them all, you know, and like they're, they're absorbing you through all like ob, ob, obmosis. Is that the word? is osmosis (laughs) yeah (laughs) we didn't need the b leave the b out of there (laughs) but keep going i'm I'm loving this man
1: (laughs) no problem man so now what else do systems do they define your standards they cultivate your culture they enforce company standards and they allow you to hold people accountable we're going to focus today on defining your standards we'll talk a little bit accountability but understand that systems really define your culture and your business and while i'm the systems guy the truth is a lot of the stuff I teach, like checklists, are simple, they're easy, but they change your company culture, and that's hard. It's getting people to actually do the simple stuff. I'll give you, for instance, to, to two systems that are the easiest to put in place all day long that can have a huge impact are a waste sheet and a key item tracker, which key item report, which prevents thefts and stops dumbass mistakes. They're clipboard systems. They're the two hardest systems in the world to keep in place because it requires a manager to inspect them every single day and ensure they're being used every day. Mm. And that's kind of the where checklists come in. This is creating that habit, that muscle, if you will, of, hey, my habit is check it every day, enforce it every day, teach it every day, make sure it's being done every single day, or it will go away the day you take your eyes off it that yeah. make sense
0: yeah absolutely and, and the one thing that comes up a lot on the show um is this talk around it, it, it's definitely worth sharing right now is this mentality you, you kind of alluded to it earlier that um it, with systems and processes like it we're afraid that it's going to like make us solace. Right. And, but people want to know what the picture done, right. looks like they want an aiming point. They want to know that they've done the job right. And that gives them that, that, that takes away their anxiety, right. That makes them feel like they're, they're, they're doing a good job when they know when they have items, they can check. I mean that, 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 that makes people feel more, um, Confident and secure in all these things. And we don't talk a lot about the power of checklists, not just for our business, but for our employees in their mental health and what in their in their energy.
1: Do you want to reflect on that real quick? Yeah, I think the Society of Human Resource Management uh, put out a study that says for every employee that you lose, that you hire and goes away, I think it's four thousand one hundred and twenty nine dollars lost. So if you lose two to three every 90 days, that's about $48,000 a year. Well, why do people leave? They don't know what the job is, how to do it. And they usually have a bully manager over who doesn't know either. makes them feel small. So they're embarrassed. They don't ask for help and they go away. Mm -hmm. So you're investing this time in people to get them go through your process. And every time they spin through because they actually don't know what they're supposed to do and they're afraid to ask. And especially now with millennials. Where if old school managers are being bullies, can't work anymore, you've got a coddle train and they want to be part of something bigger. Well, not having standards, not having good training, not having systems is costing you a ton of money yeah. every single year. I love it. Awesome stuff.
0: Sorry if I took you off
1: your train of thought. <laughs> oh, you can never take me off my train <laughs> of thought. <my> brother. <laughs> doing great. So now we sit there. I want you to think about systems. There are no systems too big or too small. Okay. So it's as simple as counting out a bar drawer the same way every single time to an advanced topic like dollars per labor hour worked. But the key is they've got to be cleared in detail. Everything has got to be out of your head. Now I'm going to, I'm going to chase a quick squirrel as a lot of people will talk about systems. What do I mean? It's everything that you do in your business, whether it's ordering and replacing light bulbs or it is budgeting It is scheduling. It is marketing. You have a system, a process, a way that you want it done. We got to get that out of your head. Now, I'm going to make it a little easier for you. And that is as owners, ADD restaurant owners, and I I say we're ADD, but we are. Maybe not clinically, but we want the next thing. We want to take care of the next guest. We want to grow the next location. We want to make changes. We want to do all the things that are fun. Well, the last thing you want to do is sit in front of your computer and type it up. So here's the deal. The next time you train a manager, a new rookie manager, how to do something, you ask them to document it. You must write it out, type it up, give it back to me. And then I, meaning you, the owner, will edit it. And now every time you teach the procedure, you've got a page that goes into your SOP manual, standard operating procedures. So when the new person comes on and you go, oh, you want to know how to change a menu item here? Let's spin to there. Let's I'll walk you through. But here's the step by step process. So when you forget, you can go back to it. The other is this. I'm holding up a fourteen hundred dollar video camera, 4K video camera. It's your cell phone. Yeah. (laughs) Videotape it, put it up on a YouTube channel, make it unlisted, get a $50 droid tablet, have it logged into that site. And hey, when you forget how to do this, just look up here, go to that video and watch me do it again.
0: Yeah. And you're bring up a really interesting point. I think a lot of people, when they think about creating systems, processes, and procedures in their business, they think I have to do all this by myself. I'm responsible for all this. And what you're saying right now is make this a group effort. Make it everybody who is a part of your business and crush it in one day. Get every like you maybe you won't finish it in one day, but you'll
1: get Oh, you will finish your day. This is months. Well, I, yeah,
0: exactly. But like, you'll get a lot, like bring everybody in on it. And when you bring everybody in on it, then they're going to be more likely to adopt it because they, they feel like it's a part of them, right? They feel like it, that, that they contributed. They're going to adopt it much more
1: easily. Do you want to reflect? Well, well yeah. The, the bottom line is we fear initially as, as owners, we fear giving up something and losing control. We fear that it won't get done right. So, for instance, I had a member of mine, a good friend for 24 years, counted out his bar drawer for two restaurants in the morning himself. Two re- 24 years, nobody else could touch the cash. Why? Didn't trust people, make the money to the bank, and didn't trust they do it right. And when he discovered systems, and he could empower people and put the right systems in place that Ike had checks and balances in to make sure the money made it to the bank, that all of a sudden you could do more. And that's the change. That's that absolute change in your mindset that you as an owner cannot do everything yourself. If you think you're going to do it all, you will fail. Mm-hmm. You must share it. There, yep. You need help from all these people. And when you put those checks and balances in place, when you teach that procedure, it's much easier. You, hey, some people are only going to do it 85% as good as you. And if they only do it 85% or only as good as 85% as you, you've hit a home run. And that's the truth. Nobody will be you. But if we put those checks and balances in, we keep coaching people, making sure they're doing it right, man, it changes your life. I love it. Awesome stuff. Let's talk a little bit about defining your standards. Now, I talk just a whole bunch about systems. Set us up for systems, but I'm going to take us backwards. truth of the matter is you got to do restaurant 101 first. None of anything I talk about systems do not matter if your restaurant sucks because <laughs> restaurant one-on-one is hot food, hot, cold food, cold, clean, safe worker environment for your guest employees. Wow. Customer service, incredible product. We are put on this earth to create memories, great hospitality. So if you're getting shitty Yelp reviews and your place is dirty and, you know, people's uniforms look like you slept in them because they literally did, you know, if you don't have standards in that respect to be guest centric, Nothing else I say right now matters. That's where you need to start. But today things have changed because of COVID-19 restaurant one-on-one has become more. And that change for me as, as a coach is, Oh, what do we need? We need visible COVID sanitation procedures right? You need to go out of your way to be showing we're, we're washing the front door and that handle every 20 minutes. We need to be making sure that we're taking temperatures if that's where you are. We're making sure that you know we've got touchless this, whatever it may be. We've got to go out of our way. And again, depending on political spectrum, I really don't care what side of the political fence you live on. This is what we've got to do because these are the rules we've been handed. And now our guests, whether they're on this left, right, doesn't matter. This is what we've got to do. But that's a new piece of it. And now the other piece of this is one step further. Because as we're talking right now, states are shutting down again. 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 Don't it, It's going to crush our industry one more time. It's going it to just hit us in the gut. But now we're pivoting back to to-go. We're pivoting back to third-party apps, deliveries, all those kinds of things. Which means we've got to look at limiting our menu and only making sure those things that we can produce – will be just as good when they get it home. You can't go full menu. Now it's going to reduce costs. It's going to make us reduce labor. It's going to do all these positives for us. But the biggest thing is when it comes to restaurant one one that what we make to, right in the restaurant, when it gets to their house, their house doesn't look like shit. Like if you've got, if you're a sports bar and you got those old styrofoam fricking rain of, of, a to-go container. Now you put your fret, fresh cut hand for a uh, fresh cut, french fries in there you put your burger in there you seal it up and by the time it gets to somebody's house it's like freaking rainforest the 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 bottom bread is soggy as crap the french fries are soggy and crap and you go hey i i can't do that i need to change my to-go packaging those fries have got to go into a paper bag and i've got to get the burger and put it into a you know uh, maybe a recyclable paper container that has foil around it kind of like you know um whatever I've got to do to make sure it gets there and it's better quality. So restaurant one-on-one has truly changed for us, but that's our number one priority. Does that yeah. make sense?
0: It absolutely does. And I mean, it's funny because like one of the biggest lessons, like when people ask me about like what to do for COVID-19, I'm like everything that you should have been doing before. is like all the, all the trends that were happening before COVID-19 are just expedited. Magnified just expedited so like yeah. you know I, I think that the second wave if there is a second wave th- th- which this sounds like it's already happening we're going to be able to transition to it much easier but uh, thank you for pointing that out and bringing that we to hope so with. i
1: yeah. mean the the tough part is we started getting used to bringing employees back and opening our dining rooms and so on it, it's it's man it's it's tough but i'm just to chase that squirrel one step further the goal right now is to stay in the herd mm-hmm the fact of the matter is we know there are two vaccines hidden. We, I figure by this summer, that's when things we turn the corner. Now, we'll probably still be wearing masks into 2022, but the summer, we'll, things will start to open back up because as we get people vaccinated and those things change, we can get back to some sort of normalcy. So right now, the next six months, we got to do what we can to survive, whether that's lose a little bit, right? Lose slowly instead of gaping dollars out the door, or we can make some money. The fact is Systems are critical to you right now. Mm-hmm. Can't go back to your old way of inefficient ways of doing things. Absolutely. Right? Love it. Okay. So now once we finish with the restaurant one part, now we get to checklists and cash controls. We're still not to the big systems. Even, you know, again, counting out a bar drawer, as simple as that is to key item reports, waste reports, inventory, does not matter. Recipe cards, those don't matter if we don't then change our culture to a culture where the details matter. See, if you can't get a manager to follow a checklist, what the hell makes you think you're going to get him to wake up on a Sunday morning going, some bitch, I'm excited. Take inventory accurately on time today. Yeah,
0: so I, I want to use myself as an example right here. I 100% agree that details matter. What if you're not a detail-oriented person? What it, like, what advice do you have for, you know, sometimes we're just caught from a certain, you know, fabric we have certain strengths we have certain weaknesses and i ask i also tend to lean towards you should lean into your strengths and surround yourself with people that you know make up for your weaknesses or but 100%. but, but what, what's your advice for for somebody like me who's not detail oriented uh, but recognizes the significance of it how do you how do you work easy that into answer. your
1: culture so such an easy answer and that is this when i was about so i started in 2003 so probably two three years into it I realized I was beating my head against a wall and just, owner, you need to change. Owner, you need to change. I'm like, owners aren't going to change. I can get them to learn the task. By the way, I'm a systems guy. I'm the numbers guy. I'm not naturally that. Those are learned behaviors for me. So I know you can learn them. But I also learned the key is that you have to have one person on your team that I call the implementer somebody who gets shit done mm. because as an add entrepreneur again that's you know it's a loose term for me you like the oh i just learned this thing dave scott peters we're gonna do da, and then you get bored and you move off and then they go away nobody uses them mm-hmm. when you have the one person that gets excited with you but actually executes the damn checklist creates them trains the managers helps hold them accountable That's a critical piece. And it doesn't have to be a manager. If maybe you're not a restaurant that has management, maybe you're a small pizza place and you've got supervisors. Just one key employee can be just as effective as one salaried manager who helps you get shit done. That's critical. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. So I kind of feel like it's what I alluded to that if you if you don't have these qualities, you need to at least get them on the paper to remind you that you need to compensate for you and surround yourself with the right people that can.
1: Even if you have these qualities, Eric, you've got so many things on your plate as an owner from payroll and taxes and COVID restrictions and PPP loans, trying to make sure we, you know, we get forgiveness and all these things scheduled. We got all these things that have to happen as an owner. When I can have somebody just focus on that task, they're going to do it much better than I can, Mm -hmm. even if I have that skill set. So you need help. That would be the message that I would deliver.
0: Yeah. Um, And I might be getting ahead of you. And if I am, just correct me and tell me to wait. Um, But you mentioned something like once you go through all of this effort to create all of these things. How how do you make sure that they don't, like, I think people will often, this happens, they, they they make the systems, they're running strong for a month or two, and then they take their eye off the ball and all of a sudden like they start to drift away. I mean, I think that's probably going to come later in the the, the, the conversation.
1: Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit. That's, okay. that's going to yeah. be towards the very end. We can talk about accountability. So yeah. if we don't do it, remind me, because that's going to be cart before the horse. Yeah. Because uh, th- that, is, that is exactly it. Mm-hmm. How many yeah. times have you... Created a system and then, oh, it won't work. Our restaurant's different. What do you serve with a fricking limp? You're, right? You, <laughs> you got food. You got people. What the hell's yeah. different about your restaurant? I don't care if you're a steakhouse or a pizza place. Doesn't matter, <laughs> right? It's the fundamental same thing: hospitality and running a restaurant's the same. So there's nothing different about it. What it's really going to come down to, and this is this going to sound harsh, but it's really not meant to be. From this point forward, owners you have to decide to no longer let the one employee hold your whole restaurant's future back because it's too hard. Mm. They don't want to do it. And sometimes we have to be willing to remind them that you sign the front of the check and they sign the back of the check. And when they can make decisions is when they may sign the front. Now that sounds cold and awful, What's missing in there is we're going to train you, we're going to coddle you, we're going to coach you, we're going to help you be successful, but we're going to ultimately allow you to make the decision whether you want to be a part of the change or you don't want to be. Yeah. And as long as I've done all those things, you do at some point in time have to cut ties, even if it's and especially if it's somebody who's been with you for a long period of time and they don't want to come along. But it's all these things. things
0: Yeah, it's all these things we're talking about that's going to weed out those people that aren't right for. So you have to keep those standards. You have to put them through the system. You have to put them through the training. You have to make sure they're putting their initial next to the things they're getting done. And if they're not doing it then they're falling short of the expectation they're falling short of the agreement and that's and and they will these systems these processes will weed out the people and let the the the, the cream of the crop rise um
1: absolutely 100 so it's just difficult to do sometimes yeah. we are social workers right we're built to take care of people mm-hmm. so it's not in our nature to want to hold True. people that accountable at
0: times yep, yep. awesome okay. stuff all right we're gonna take one quick break to thank our sponsors and we'll be right back there's no secret that the economy is suffering from COVID-19. This is a time of adversity. You need to level up. You need to figure out new ways to make your business work like adapting with new takeaway options or at-home dining experiences. And design is a huge part of that. That is why we're partnering with 99designs. And if you are listening to this and you are still hanging on and and you've gotten the lean and you're doing all you can to, to evolve and adapt your business and you just have nothing left in the tank for creativity or you don't even have the people on your team to delegate to because you're such a skeleton crew but you, you need to have that online presence. It's a kind of a catch-22. Well, if you're like, how the hell am I going to do this? Here's how you're going to do it. You're going to do it with 99designs. 99designs is a creative platform that connects people and businesses with graphic designers and creative professionals around the world. There's two ways to work with 99designs. First, you can run a contest. So basically, you just have a bunch of artists And designers working on your creative project. You go back and forth, you get different iterations, you get feedback, you select your winner, and that's it. That's the contest. Or, The second way you work with 99designs is by doing a one-on-one project. You get matched with the perfect designer for you. You guys bring the idea to life, and from start to finish, you work with that person. You can negotiate pricing directly with the designer, and you can work with them one-on-one until your design is complete. So whichever way is right for you, go check out 99designs for your creative solution today. And when you use this link, www.99designs.com slash unstoppable right now, you will get $20 off your first design contest. That's the contest, not the one-on-one project. Again, that's www.99designs.com slash unstoppable. All right, we are back
1: and David, take it away. All right, so now let's move this along and say we understand that restaurants, uh, uh, cash controls, I'm gonna go through the cold cash controls. Bottom line is make sure every penny makes it to the bank. Again, creating culture where the details matter. I want to tell you a little bit about a story. Um, So I'm a restaurant coach, but I also consult. And uh, quite honestly, if you say you want me to come out to your store, I will do everything in my power to talk you out of it because these are things you can do on your own. But there are people who like to buy speed. And many years ago, it's got to be now 14, 15 years ago, I was on the ground at a restaurant in Nashville, Tennessee called Nero's, Nero's Grill. John and Judy Griswold were the owners. They were members of mine in my old company. Love them to this day dearly. They're fantastic people. And they really did hospitality extremely well. Like you left their quasi uh, bistro, not fine dining, not casual, right in between bistro-esque. But you had cloth napkins. And if you left your chair, the server, the manager, any busser, anybody came by, they would fold your napkin up, push your chair in and make. I mean, it was just down to all the little details. Service really mattered. Well, we go on a consult because they really need to make a financial change. And on the ground, I had a couple of my coaches with me. One of them was David Militello, who also owns uh, three restaurants in Michigan. An incredible guy. Love him to death. And um, here we are on the ground. I'm working on budgets, sitting on my computer, doing my thing. And David is touring Judy through her, her restaurant and asking, what what needs to be done? what What's not getting done? And she kind of walked through everything and go, Well, this should have been done. This side work should have been done, but they didn't do that. She started getting a little upset. They'd go to another section. Well, that's supposed to be done. They didn't do that. She started getting a little more upset. Starts walking around, finds more and more and more. Till finally, they go out to the patio and they look at it and it's a beautiful, sunshiny day. And she goes, son of a, used, (laughs) you know, sentence enhancers and said, this patio is not set up. What the hell? David says, well, let's go check the checklist." So they go to the checklist and the manager checked off patio. Uh oh. Well, at this point in time, Judy is pissed off because why? David's walking around a restaurant and asking her to identify all these things that are pissing her off. And that was the final straw. Manager, what the hell's your problem? You know, that patio's not set up. It's beautiful outside. And the manager, and it says, you checked off the checklist. Manager's like, Judy, it was cloudy this morning. So, I didn't set it up. Well, it's beautiful now, da da da. And I sat there and I said, okay, we know for a fact that most checklists are, aren't detailed enough that, hey, Judy, what you need to do is you need to say, hey, manager, when you walk in the door, I want you to check weatherchannel.com, find out what the weather's like. If it's going to be cloudy and there's a 20% chance of rain or whatever, then we're not going to set up. If there's less than 25% chance it's cloudy when you walk in, you must check back at every two hours. And if it's sunny, you need to set it up. You know, and, and part of the reaction is, are you telling me I got to tell my managers how to wipe their ass? Yes, not because they're stupid. It's because you want it done your way. Like if you truly put your... Standards in that checklist. How could a manager ever do anything wrong when it comes to setting up the restaurant from temperatures, lighting, TV stations, sound levels, you know, where salt and pepper shakers, salts always facing the front door, pepper always the back door. Doesn't matter your standards. And the bottom line is this. My managers, I want them to play a game with me. If I'm so specific and clear on what I want done, I want them to play a game with me. Find me doing something wrong because owner, you are so specific and clear that I get all that crazy maker crap out of your head and onto a system, a system, a process, a way, your way and checklists are that foundation. But what about now, the common sense stuff? Isn't this common sense? hence the suffering from common sense itis (laughs) 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 so the the person says you know oh my managers are idiots by the way if you call your employees or your managers idiots i want to remind you something you selected them you hired them you train them you manage them on a daily basis you didn't they didn't come to you as an idiot you've created an idiot yeah you're not giving them the systems, the tools, the training, the proper supervision, holding them accountable, okay? But with that said, oh, I walked in the restaurant. Here's the greatest example. So imagine you walk into your restaurant at dusk. You ever done that, owners? I know you have. You walk in, even GMs, you walk into your restaurant, and you go, why is this freaking restaurant so gosh darn bright? Who's the idiot working this shift? <laughs> well, truth of the matter is this. You sit there and say, oh, I saw this this, this checklist thing, with David Scott Peters, and I'm going to be specific and clear. He said be specific and clear. So I'm going to go to the rheostat and draw a line here, here, and here. This is at 4 o'clock. This is 5 o'clock. This is 6 o'clock. <laughs> I dummy-proofed this up. Then you walk in a week later and go, why is it so freaking bright in here? We feel like we're a cafeteria, and we're a fine dining restaurant. There's no atmosphere. Well, you go look at the checklist, and the manager did exactly what they're supposed to do. Here's the challenge. Remember that weatherchannel.com thing? you got to be so specific and clear. Go to weatherchannel.com. Find out what time sunset is. And whatever that is, this is two hours before sunset, one hour before sunset. This is at sunset. And if it's cloudy, do this. Again, you've got to be specific and clear because there is no such thing as common sense. See, common senseitis is the disease and when you walk into your restaurant and go, who's the idiot who did this? And it's like beating your head against a brick wall and blood streaming down because everyone's a moron. They can't ever get it done because you think they should have common sense. And the truth of the matter is this, Eric, if you go onto wikipedia.com, because we can't use a dictionary anymore, we need the collective whole of the community, the world to tell us what something freaking means. Well, it says what's in common in a group. So when you look at your restaurant, if you're a bigger restaurant, you got 40, 50, 60 employees. What's in common? we're all different races, nationalities, education, backgrounds, economic stature, ages, like you go prejudice, all these different things that are in our heads, that clouds everything. Well, that makes us different. And I would say to each one of you, as I look down, did you and I have the same experience growing up? No. Where, where are you from the country, the world region, right? Education, uh, you know, whether you had money growing up, didn't have money, so on and so forth. And it, so what's common sense to you is what's called a common experience. So if you're very different upbringing than I have, then we, we're going to have very few things that are common. That's mm-hmm. common sense. What's in common in a group and the more diverse from age to whatever of your, your employees, your common sense is way down. Like you want you uh, uh, an 18-year-old kid in the, in the dish pit to have common sense. Well, they haven't even learned their life yet. And they don't know, they don't have the same life experiences. So you have to teach them exactly what you want done, how you want it done, you know, how well you want it done by when that's critical. And that's where checklists come in. That's where all your systems come in. There is no such thing as common sense. Because if we did that, then I wouldn't have a a business because I treat everyone I talk to like an idiot. Don't you know you're supposed to have checklists? Don't you know you're supposed to do this? Don't you know you're supposed to have recipe cost cards? Don't you know how to put it together? Don't you, don't you? Because that's my experience. What's common is what we have that's the same. So as you think about that, go, of course people don't have your experience. So, you got to be specific and clear. Does that answer the question?
0: Yeah, it does and And just, I think it's just, it helps to adopt this mentality that when, when you hire people, when you take people on, it's your job to bring them up to your level. It's, the, you have to expect that they know nothing. And you don't want to assume, like, you don't want to treat them like idiots, you know, but you have to assume that everything that you know, they don't know. And once you, it's kind of like that mentality of like setting the table, the, that constant, gentle pressure and just accepting that it's your job to, all, you know just like you have to center the salt shaker you have to center your people you know you have to you have to assume that they're going to be off center and then it's your job to recenter them to teach them to make things common and once you accept that and it's a, like you, like i feel like you just the, the stress kind of like drips away because like you, you you remind yourself that this is a standard like like this is common to know that people aren't common or, or don't share commonalities you know um i don't know but i love i love what you're sharing with this this is amazing
1: so now I'm gonna. I got a, a couple, a couple bigger stories coming in here, and then we're gonna pick up some speed because we're, we're we we've got to make sure there's time for question and answer because yep. you know me, yep. I'll take as much time as you'll give me, dude.
0: So. Take off, brother. Uh,
1: Go after it. <laughs> so here's the deal. Now, does this sound familiar to y'all? We talk about checklists. That what I call the AM, PM blues. You're the morning manager, owner. Don't care what you walk into the restaurant, and as you walk in, oh crap. They didn't take the trash out by the the server station one. And they start going in to unlock the the lock in cooler and the freezer and go, son of a bitch, there's still two bus trays full of dishes here. Oh, my goodness. They didn't they didn't clean the grill. And you go through and once you find two, three items, you look for six, seven, eight, nine. You're pissed off. You're so pissed off because you realize you have to complete last night's side work. All those employees went home and didn't do their side work, left it for you to do. You've got to close the restaurant down before you can start your morning side work to open the restaurant, and you're freaking behind the whole day. Your day is ruined from that moment. Does that sound familiar to anyone? That you've got this, now we have this culture problem, the AM, PM bullshit. Oh, those nighttime people, they never, da, 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 right? And the truth of the matter is, We can't have that. We need to impose our will without being there. We need to have checklists to make sure that everybody, there's opening, closing, side is followed exactly the way we want it done, and that there's a manager that will hold them accountable. Now, I'm assuming everyone has felt that feeling, right, of walking in. So what do we've got to do? Why didn't it work? Oh, David, we had checklists. Well, number one, your checklists suck. I'm going to tell you that right now. They're not detailed enough. And I'm going to show you exactly what I mean in a moment. The second is you're holding the wrong people accountable. So when I'd go out on consults in my old life, my past company, I'd walk through restaurants all the time and I'd find all these things wrong and I'd find something and I'd have a manager and owner say, hey, the server didn't do this the other night. I said, great. What'd you do? I wrote them up just like that. I wrote them up. I said, great, you wrote up the wrong person. I want to ask you all one question. Why do we have managers in the first place? To ensure the process is working. Is it the line employees fault they didn't do their side work or is it the manager's fault? It's the manager's fault. So what you think about this? If we're a full service restaurant, we got server banking. We usually have somebody who's a senior server. It's, the, it's just somebody who's been there longer. They don't get paid more. They're just usually the last one cut and they sign everybody's sign work off. So when I, I'm first cut, I run my server report and my money. I go to the senior server. Hey, will you initial my server report that my side work was done? Go to the office, manage goes side work done. Yep. Okay. Have a good day. See you later. Until the senior server walks in, the manager goes, Hey, is everybody signed work done? You betcha. Great. See you later. And then when we go put that bar drawer in the liquor closet, and we start seeing those things didn't get done. What do we do? We hit the alarm, lock the door, go home. Next manager walks in the mornings, pissed off. Well, the truth of the matter is, here's what I'm going to tell you I'm not writing up the line employee, I'm writing up the manager. And I will only write up a manager once. They're either so embarrassed they're going to tow the rope or they're going to go find another job. Either way, I win. Believe it or not, I'd rather run short staffed than have the wrong people on my team fighting the changes I need to put in, especially when they're this freaking easy when we talk about checklists. But here's the deal. So now when that senior server goes through and comes into the office and you let that senior server go home and you see side work is not done, manager You have to complete all the side work that was not done because your job is to change our culture and our business to close to open, that we will close every shift 100% ready for the next shift to come in, whether it's a.m. to p.m. or p.m. to a.m., we're going to hand off a restaurant 100% ready. And when we can trust each other as managers, when we know we can walk in, man, you have better managers, you have better employees, you have a better day. Because your restaurant is running smoothly based on your standards. And so I'll give you an idea. We've got that senior server now comes into your office. I'm going to say you're all now from the state of Missouri. Why? What's on the license plate? It's the show me state. Hey, senior server, everybody's side work done? Yep. You bet you. You say great show me. Now get up off your ass and go, look, nope, that one done, that one done, that one done. Because as a manager, if I did two, three days in a row of doing other people's side work, I'm tired. I ain't doing it. So now senior server, you let them go home, you're going to do their side work. Guess what? The senior server will never have happen again. They will never let somebody go home without doing their side work. So by holding the right people accountable, it's not at the bottom of the food chain, it's at the top. That's how we change our culture, close to open. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. And I, that was my my question. My follow up question was: Where did this whole go? This whole thing go wrong? It sounds like one not having a good enough checklist, or maybe two not actually checking the checklist. Not actually like just taking people's word for it and not walking around, not doing a flow. Uh, but is is that right? Is that
1: accurate? Yeah. The the, the your checklists cu- suck, sucking. I'm going to show you how we're going to make those better. And it's trust and verify. The fact is, we just trust blindly, and then it goes away. The standards fall. You know, let me show you what I mean. So let's say you've got checklists right now, and I want you to know they can't be detailed enough. And I've just told you your checklists suck. Trust me, I mean it. They suck. Put them aside. Don't throw them away, put them aside. Now, the next thing I want you to do is I want you to grab a blank checklist and give it to your best person in each position to write down what they think the opening and closing side work should be. So I'm going to say something nobody on this call can ever say. If you're listening to me right now, these words can never come out of your mouth. I don't run a restaurant anymore, so I can say it. Because why? It's about to be discriminatory, meaning anybody who's qualified to do the job can do the job. But I'm going to take you my experience. When I was a bartender and I worked the day shift, I would make 20 bucks. Hated it. Johnny long blonde hair beautiful young lady love great personality smart as a whip awesome she'd make 100 or 150 dollars during the day so in typical in fashion most restaurants have a female bartender in the morning it needs to be because they're the most qualified person not because but why do i know as a as a bartender i don't make any money in the day a, a female bartender made money okay you can't say that but here's the deal stereotypically a female uh, bartender is usually a daytime bartender. She's often known as the bitch of the bar. Why? Because as soon as the manager walks in the door, she goes, Last night they were pigs. They didn't wipe down the bottles. They didn't wipe down the shelves. They didn't prep anything. And she goes through the laundry list of the things they didn't do. And the manager's like, Oh my God, stop your bitching and moaning. But she's right. The nighttime crew got to make all the money. Do no side work. Go the frick home. And now she's their bitch. She's their janitor, their prep cook. She's doing all these things and working her shift. So when I say, hey, Johnny, here's a blank checklist. You tell me how you want this bar left in the morning when you walk in. She gets so excited. She takes that crayon, puts a fist around it, writes so hard. There's wax flailing side to side. Because I believe the person who knows the job best is the person who stands there six to eight hours a day, not an owner, not a manager right? So we create all that detail. She writes it down. Then guess what I do? I grab another checklist, blank one, give it to another good employee in each position, opening, closing, side work. From there, you've got to promise me, owners, you will not talk to customers. You will not talk to employees when you complete this process. I want you to grab a yellow pad of paper and a pen. I want you to stand outside the front of your building, walk all the way around your building, go in the front foyer, look at everything, go into the, everything from the mop sink to the scuppers to you name it. And I want you to write down everything that pisses you off. Oh, these morons, they don't ever take the tape down. Oh, my gosh, there's handprints. I can't believe this is dirty. Look at this slime. Da, da, da. Go through it all. You will be pissed off. I'm asking you on purpose to go find everything that pisses you off. Write it down step by step by step. Every one of those things. Now what we're going to do is we're going to take that yellow pad of paper, your old checklist, and the two new checklists by position that we got from our employees, hand it to one of my managers and say, put all of these things together in the right spot. These, All these details must be covered on a daily basis. And then, Eric, you've been in the restaurant a, a long time. Restaurant industry. Have you ever been a part of a cleaning party when you were a line employee? Yeah. Hell yes. Let me ask you a question. What the hell is a cleaning party? <laughs> it's usually. Oh, the- <laughs> let's ignore. Let's ignore cleanliness standards till one day you walk in as an owner. And go, holy shit, this is a dump. <laughs> and we bring everybody in on minimum wage, pay them, buy them pizza, have fun and games, and we clean the restaurant. So guess what, Eric? You get to have one more cleaning party, one more, because here's the deal. When I have these checklists and they're to your standard and every detail is, is met and not, and not missed, every shift will be left to the standard of that cleaning party. Yes. That's taking pride in your business. You show that you care that much about that your restaurant will be to that standard every day. Then they'll care about plate presentation. They'll care about, uh, you know, quality. They'll care about portion control. They'll care about the guest experience. It's the beginning of your culture. It's the beginning of all your other systems.
0: All right. Right now, anybody and everyone who's listening to this, I want you guys to schedule. I want you to hit pause right now unless you're live. You can't hit pause. I want you to hit pause and write on the calendar when your last cleaning party is. Put it on the calendar
1: right now. That's my challenge to you. I love this, man. Keep going. All right. Fantastic. From here, I want you to understand your checklists are never finished. Okay. When you walk into a restaurant and go, how do they miss that detail? For instance, have you ever had a bathroom checklist and the busser or the host or the server, and it says, check, clean. And you walk in and go, what the hell? There's water spots on the mirror. There's standing water on the on the counter. There's, there's trash on the floor. Well, here's the deal. Have you ever been to one of your employees' apartments to see what they think clean is? That's not your standard, right? You've got to be specific and clear. And I'm going to walk you through that so we can change that checklist every day. So this is going to go pretty rapid with the exception of one slide that's coming up here in, in, in a couple. And that's this. Here's a typical AM server checklist blank, managers' initials, uh, employees' initials, time dates, you know, or sorry, time, initials, and tasks. Well, great. So what does it typically look like? This, tables angled properly. What the hell does that mean? Like, do I have a floor chart in my head and I know? Tell me you have not looked at your restaurant and moved the tables after a week going, well, how did everything shift to the left, right? So if you want tables four inches away from the wall, give them a fricking ruler, right? Or how about uh roll up bin full? What the hell does that mean, Eric? Is it a different number of like, just until you run out of silverware, three quarter full, uh, really full? Wasn't well, there a different par level for a Monday versus a Friday night? So you've got to be specific and clear. We've got to make sure that this is not our checklist. This does not work. This is why your checklist. Oh, I tell them they don't have common sense. Well, because this is dumb. So I'm going to tell you a story. So I've been speaking all over the country for almost 19 years now. Uh, So if you've been to any major show, odds are you've seen me and I travel a lot. And back in the day, I would consult as well. Before COVID, man, I was on the road uh, sometimes three, four times a month. And growing up, my wife, as my kids were growing up, my wife had to be good cop and bad cop. And I'd go on a road and while if anybody has any preteens, when they were preteens, she would call me and go, your children. Okay. Whenever they do something wrong, they were my children. Just to be clear. (laughs) I asked your children to clean their rooms. I went in at nine o'clock this morning. I went in at 11. Nobody had done anything. Your son's playing uh, uh, playing uh, a Minecraft. Your daughter's watching Spongebob. I went in at two o'clock and went at four o'clock and they still haven't done anything. I said, honey, they need checklists. They're like restaurant employees. My children do not need checklists. No, I'm telling you, like restaurant employees, you got to show them the standard. And we'd have this battle back and forth. Till so finally, one day I'm in my home office and I don't know any of you if you work with your spouse, who is my business partner and my partner in life. And I'm in my home office and I, I get really focused on the computer screen and I, she walks in my office door and I don't know if she's my business partner at this moment or she's my, my life partner, but I shoot her the, what the hell do you want? Look, I don't know that I do it, but I know I do it right. I'm busy. (laughs) What do you need? Well, I'm already off on a bad foot. And she says, you go deal with him. I'm thinking something's wrong. (laughs) So I get up and I go, honey, what's up? I asked your son to clean this bathroom and I said, you would be up to check him out. Now, this woman never raises her voice, doesn't get angry like this is unusual. So I know not to ask any questions, take my happy little ass upstairs and hey, Tyler, what's going on, buddy? Mom asked me to clean the bathroom, said you'd be up to check me out. I said, great. I looked down at the sink and I tell you, the sink looked awesome. And I shit you not. I looked up and there's toothpaste spit on two mirrors. I'm like, well, what about this, buddy? What does my son say? mom didn't ask me to do that see his idea of what clean was was the sink i don't want to tell you what the what the the toilet looked like i don't want to tell you <laughs> what the trash can looked like so i say hey tyler you got to clean the the mirror you need windex so he runs down the stairs grabs windex and then he unleashes a blue rainforest i mean it's just dripping down i'm just seeing money just going out of my wallet hey buddy you need paper towels. So he runs back downstairs, gets paper towels, comes up, and now they're the half size, right? So he takes the half sheet and he goes like this, three sprays comes across by halfway down. He's got literally a blue snot rag in his hand. I'm like, okay, I got to change this. So I go downstairs into my office. I grab at the time, a default checklist from my old company, what you see here. And I created a checklist for cleaning the bathroom. Did you know, in my house, there are 11 steps to creating a bathroom, (laughs) 11 steps. But look at this tank, lid seat, bowl inside, bowl outside tank. Oh, by the way, tools. I created a mise en place what you need to have up there. So you're not running up and down the fricking stairs. Here's step one, tank, remove everything from the top of the tank. Oh my gosh. They will, they will dust around the books, right? And then we sit there and say, spray bathroom cleaner generously until 50% of all surfaces top and three sides are covered in foam. Did I say 25%? Did I say unleash that expensive cleaner? No, 50%. Now, here's the kicker. Number three, with a scrub rag using pressure, yes, you have to break a sweat. Do not move dirt side to side. Starting at the top, then the three sides scrub until you get to the bottom of the tank and all surfaces are clean and dry. And step by step by step to where you look at the bowl, you're going to spray it 50%, hold it there for three minutes, don't go watch a SpongeBob, don't go walk the dog, like get back in there all the way through how you scrub it till the scrub brush is going in and out of the drain. Are your checklists this detailed and clear? No. And then remember that common sense thing you said earlier, Eric? I was on a consult walking around saying, here's what needs to be cleaned. And I'm sitting there at a table. and was A restaurant owner is a pizza place in Philadelphia area. Expletives, like everything's effing this, effing that. And he goes, fricking bathroom doors warped. I'm like, what are you talking about? We just did a walkthrough of this place. We asked the GM was behind and asked the server to clean the bathroom door. Now it's a pizza place, cheesesteaks, chicken wings, bar. like So you know that dive bar kind of gray film on a wooden yeah. door? But, ugh. Well, he had that. So she cleaned it. She grabbed non-diluted degreaser and steel wool and took (laughs) the varnish off the freaking door. You've got to say, here's the cleaner. (laughs) Brasso for brass, right? You got to make sure you're specific and clear or it doesn't get done. And oh, by the way, look at always the bottom When complete. The toilet outside should be shiny, smooth, free of smudges, water spots and any dirt. The inside of the bowl should be clean. Show no water rings or any dirt in the drain. Are you that specific and clear? If you're not, there's a reason why your checklists don't work. Mm. They suck. One quick question
0: about where this lives. So you have the checklist itself and then you have the description of the checklist. Um, I'm ho- hoping that all these things live in an operations manual somewhere, but how do you, do you put the description of the checklist like after the, the list of checklists? Like where does, the, where do
1: these things live? And like, how should we organize? Okay. These so, things? so bottom line is every morning on their manager checklist should be printing these off if you're doing it old school. If not, I'm a real fan of Jolt. Mm-hmm. I, I, in fact, I, I you know, it, it's something that I believe 100 percent in is online checklists, So you can do it on your phone and check it and see progress. And it notifies you if you're at a temperature. It's it just got a lot of flexibility, but it doesn't matter. The key is that you have it on a checklist for your managers to follow to make sure that they are ensuring these checklists are out. And I usually tell people if you are. Printing them off on a daily basis. Do not print one off and laminate it because that's one where you take the grease pencil, go straight down. Your employees no longer look at them. Here's a case in point. One of my old members, Keeley Biesecker, has uh, three restaurants in in Alabama, and casual concepts. Young, younger younger uh, teams working there, and she's probably the sharpest operator I know. But she was sick and tired of her managers not following the checklist, so she put on her checklist in three restaurants an AM and PM on the checklist. Call me and I will give you $500. How many people called Keeley to ask for the $500? I'm guessing zero, maybe one. Zero. (laughs) Right. Lost her shit. Because if you, you just can't assume that it's working, that's why I have managers. Right. And that's that accountability part. That's the follow up part. Here's some samples to think about. An, a manager checklist, opening and closing. This requires more detail than I have here, but times expectations. You have the ability to use a checklist. Oh, look at this. I had a manager. Remember Nero's, the example I gave you? Well, When we put these checklists in place, he created the checklist for the checklist to make sure he checked the checklist before he left. Yeah, this comes up like,
0: all the time in our mastermind groups, in our private conversations. You got to check the checklist checker. You got to.
1: That's right. Because it just ensures the process is working. Don't assume you know. Because it's like that day you open the restaurant and your hand is on the women's room bathroom door, and somebody goes, Sally just called off. And you go, like, gosh, shit. You go back to the office and you start finding a replacement. Next thing you know, the restaurant's open. Middle of lunch rush, out comes a woman from the restaurant, the restroom. And this has happened to me. Tell me it hasn't happened to you. There's a woman standing there with her hands like this going, You have no toilet paper, no soap. And no paper towels bounce back from that. And my day that was before we had freaking Yelp. Now they tend sell 10,000 people that message that you suck, right? It's not that our managers are stupid. It's to make sure that when they get called off, they go ensure the process is working, that they get back on track and that the guest experience is exactly the way we want it to be before we open our doors. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Kay. I'm loving this. So now restroom checklist, right? I can, you can put that in there, by the way, don't ever use a restaurant checklist. If you're not going to be vigilant about it, because when you go into a restroom, like fast food restaurant, you see one of these and it was from three days ago. Don't you get pissed off? Ugh. Like this markets, so you're going to use it, use it right. You're going to have receiving checklists and create more detail to make sure that when people check in an order, they're taking temperatures, prices, and so on, looking for broken boxes, dented cans. Like you're imposing your will exactly the way you want it done as if you were the one doing it. HACCP checklists to make sure we have food safety from time temps to you name it. You're imposing your will and ensuring they checked it. By the way, you got to follow up, make sure they check things. Next. Equipment maintenance. How many times have you gone and they, they get your Ansel system checked and they can start checking it? Your fire extinguishers have been out of date for weeks, months, years. Well, or equipment starts falling apart. Well, you can create your checklist to make sure certain things are checked however often you want, daily, weekly, so on and so forth. We can go one step further and say, hey, what about here's the 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 tell me, Eric, when you are a line employee that you hated to hear this freaking phrase from your manager. You're slow. Imagine your restaurant slow. You got time to lean. You got time to clean. (laughs) Classic. That meant, (laughs) oh shit, you're going to make me do extra work. Nobody else has to, but now I've got to do the extra work and I feel put off. Well, when I can say every Sunday we clean this rack and every Tuesday we do salt and peppers and no matter what station I'm in, no matter what day I work, I know that if I work that day, everybody does it that day. Mm-hmm. And now we ensure our cleaning processes are the same and it feels fair and it never gets missed. Checklists allow you impose your will without being there. They are critical. Last but not least, when we look at this, we say, look, You've got to teach everybody what their job is, how to do it, how well it should be done, more importantly, by when. How many times have you heard me say that? It's a hypothetical, but I've say it over and over and over again. When we don't train our standards, when we don't teach our standards, you don't have a standard. You have common sense, which leads you down the road of everybody's an idiot, but it's your fault. And I'm going to tell you, when you impose your will, when you have your systems, your process, your way, when you have checklists as a cornerstone to your systems, the keystone, I should say to hold everything up and together. You know that you've changed your company culture when one employee looks at another on the line and says, hey, man, that's not how we do that here. And if that ain't happening in your restaurant, you know you got a problem. So in closing, if you know, here's your homework. So Eric gave you a call to action. That is schedule your last cleaning party. (laughs) But I'm going to tell you, before you schedule your last cleaning party, you got to do your homework. You need to follow this slide. You need to understand checklists are not too detailed. You got to get blank checklists, your two best people in each position, get those done. Do the yellow pad of paper, put it all together. Do your cleaning party and now hold people accountable to your new standard of cleanliness and ensure that every day your restaurant is left to your standard. That's your homework. That's your call to action. And last that. but not least, we'll go over this, but at some point in time, if if you want to learn more about what possibly some of your challenges are in your business, how I might be able to help you, I'll be happy to get on what I call a discovery call with you, where over an hour time, we will learn more about your pain points. We'll talk about where your gaps are, what changes you can be. If I think I can help you. I'll make you an offer and tell you about my membership. If I don't, I will be upfront and honest with you. And you can tell me it's not right for you either. But you will, worst case scenario, you will spend an hour with somebody who understands the restaurant business and loves the restaurant business and can teach you where your problems are. And you can't unlearn that. So there's value in that no matter what. And I've given you a link here. It would You would go to https colon forward slash forward slash dsp for David Scott Peters dot coach. Forward slash discovery dash call dash R U for restaurant unstoppable. Yes. So Eric, that's that's my stuff, man. Awesome. I've loved I've loved this
0: conversation. One more quick break to thank our sponsors and we'll be right back to answer some listener questions head over to toasttabcom slash unstoppable to find out why toast POS is the number one recommended POS on the show by a landslide. So there's a bunch of reasons why toast is being recommended on the show, but I'm finding the most common reason is because of their customer support. And now while I don't think you'll need their customer support all the time, it, When that Friday night rolls around and there is a question you have and you're busy, you're going to wish you were able to get right into that customer support and they will be there for you. Uh, The other reason why toast is always being recommended on the show is because of how many other platforms integrate with toast. So you can literally marry all the technologies in your company together they'll, they'll work together they integrate together and you can turn on these additional features as you need them it's like flipping a switch it's that easy so that's why i love toast that's why my guests love toast And again if you want to learn more head over to toastabcom slash unstoppable and when you use that link i'll send you a check for a thousand dollars when you become a customer Today's episode is brought to you by Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a modern labor management platform designed by restaurateurs for restaurateurs. And effective labor management is more important than ever to ensure your profitability and restaurant success. Trusted by over 400 restaurant professionals, Seven Shifts gives you the tools you need to streamline labor operations, communicate with your team, and retain your talent. Best of all, Seven Shifts integrates with the POS and payroll system. You already use in trust like toast, turning labor into a competitive advantage for you and your business to get three months. Absolutely free. Head over to www.7shifts.com slash unstoppable. That's the number seven S H I F T S dot com slash unstoppable to get three months of industry leading labor management for free. Get on it. I have one quick question to get the ball rolling. Uh, So you mentioned Jolt earlier, another product that I love uh, and I'm always recommending people adopt, but there always seems to be this love hate relationship with jolt. Either it's the, the bees knees that saved, you know, it saved your restaurant. it, It solved all of your problems or you absolutely hate it in your experience. What is like, what, The people that hate it, why do they hate it? What are they doing wrong? What, why aren't they? Because they
1: think it's a freaking magic pill. It's work. (laughs) You still got to make the checklist. You got to still check on the checklist. It's not magic. That's the problem. Remember, I was somebody who had a software company, and we we duplicated what Jolt did inside our software, along with everything else you do in running a restaurant. And people want to buy a magic pill. There is no such fricking thing as a magic pill. It's still work. It just automates. It makes it a little easier, gives you the ability to check and edit and change things automatically and da da da. But it's still work. You got to change your culture that the details matter. That's the biggest thing, dude.
0: Yeah. And uh, uh, Great. I love that. I agree with you 100%. Uh, Cora, you had a couple of questions in the chat. I'm going to go ahead and come over to you and unmute your mic so you can ask your questions.
2: Hello. Hey. Um-
3: You know, with the whole COVID thing and even before, you know, I've really been trying to keep a tight handle on payroll Yep. and it's a real pain point for us right now. And so, you know, I have really been working on these checklists and um, re-looking at them because, you know, I guess I always just think like if you were going to walk into my restaurant, I want to spell it out for you. I don't want you to feel stupid. I've had a couple staff be like, "Do you think I'm an idiot?" And I I'm like, "No, I just want everybody to know exactly what I'm saying." Right. Um and so having these lists like so detailed, yep. You know, as example, your um your one for your kids' bathroom, you know. I'm thinking I probably need to schedule you another half an hour or an out 45 minutes on your shift to deal with these or
1: maybe like I'd have to know more about your operation, how early you bring people in, how late you send them home and whether you bring everybody in at the same time and let them go at the same time, which bleeds labor. There's a couple things I want to bring in. So we're going to start with the concept of prime cost, total cost goods sold plus total labor costs, including taxes, benefits, insurance. So if you're an $850,000 a year or more gross sales restaurant, I want your target to be 55. By the way, if we follow an industry standard, it's 65. So that's a $100,000 difference on a million-dollar business. That's the kind of efficiency we're talking about. If we're under $850,000 a year, we're looking at 60% prime cost. Now, the key with this is you can run a higher food cost and lower labor cost or vice versa, or even you got 55 points. Now, there's a major challenge happening right now if you weren't already paying attention to that, if you didn't have a budget, number one tool you must have in your restaurant, we're now feeling the COVID drop in sales, which means we are now getting to a point where if our food cost was higher, we don't have volumes to cure all ills. We're, we're not past break-even point fast enough to make money. And we've got this thing called minimum staffing levels. Dude, I got one cook on, I got a manager and a server and or whatever, quick serve, you got a cashier and, you know, whatever. The bottom line is my labor cost is jumping through the roof. We've gone to $15 minimum wage. I don't have enough sales coming in. I'm in trouble. Well, there's another way to look at this, why I drove off the prime cost. Well, then we may have to really look at our menu and make a change to get our food costs down to whatever that budget shows. I'm working with members now that many of us are trying to get our menus down to a 24 percent ideal food cost, which means if we we are nail our kitchen, we'll run a 26 actual two points above ideal. A typical restaurant runs seven and nine points above ideal. So we're putting kitchen controls in place and we're re our menus so that we can run a higher labor cost. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. So, it, it, you know, we, we often look for that one answer, and that's what drives me nuts about other experts that, that I see speak all over the country. They'll quote this one thing, oh, you got to do this one thing. Well, it's kind of bullshit. It, it's all these things, and we tie that together with our budget to make that decision. So, what do I say? Well, let's look at your budget. Oh, my food cost is high. Well, maybe your answer is, you got to lower your, lower your food costs in order to weather the storm, limit our menu, do things right. You know, put on pasta, pizza, things like that can drive my food costs down. Maybe you're actually doing okay, but you have this old habit of bringing the same people in to begin the shift, play grab ass at the time clock. When I have more employees and I have customers, they play with each other. But when my pinky toe is in the weeds, we give the best service possible because I don't have time to screw around. I'm just focused on the guest. And so now I start to stagger start my people and I start to be more, more um, accountable on those checklists and start those that work earlier. Hey, I'm going to start cutting. Hey, you watch that person's section because I went to my POS system, saw the half hour by half hour sales report. While my restaurant is full, I only did three hundred dollars in sales the last half hour start cutting people as they watch somebody's section as they're still in the building, they're working, the other person's working on their side work. So we get ahead of it. Does that make sense?
3: Yeah. And I think that that just kind of cued me, you know, I think, okay, well on the slow days, how are they being more effective? But if I have a larger, more detailed checklist, you're having to check those instead of stand around, you know, watching a TV or something like that during the day, which is going to make you more efficient and effective anyways.
1: And what's going to be the key is that there's a grown-up, a manager type. I don't care if they're hourly supervisor, it's you, the owner. Someone's making sure it's getting done. And when it becomes part of your culture, you don't have to check every single checklist every day. You're going to spot check, right? Because it is getting done. You're still checking, but you're not going, oh, my gosh, now i got to spend two hours just checking the checklist, right?
0: So, David, I have a follow-up question on that um, in regards to staggering your employees versus like, you know, uh, having everybody show up or leave at once when you are trying to manage your prime costs, like what, what effect is having a checklist, knowing everything's done and how, how do you use that as a governor, as a gauge
1: to know when you can start cutting people? Well, beautiful part is as you get a little history under your belt, that experience, the quanta qualitative set, you know, that generally to get this done, it could be, takes 20 minutes. This takes 40 minutes, right? And it's, and, and it's understanding that, Certain nights, you know, it's first cut, second cut, third cut. You know, I have a three station person, uh, three people on the stations, four, five, six, and splitting that up and truly be able to time it. And there may be times like we have in COVID now that we're going to lean more on our managers to help with the side work that may not be in in normal times, but we ain't in normal times. And we're going to do whatever we can to make sure the guest has the best experience and not bleed labor at the same time. Yeah, did I answer the question?
0: You did, and I think you actually you might have answered Cora's follow-up question that was in the chat. Ask she she asked. I, I can let you ask the question if you. I think you're still unmuted.
2: Um.
3: So I have a manager, and then with us cutting labor and her trying to offset her wage, you know, she's working some shifts to make. T- well, we're also on a skeleton crew. Right. I mean, talking about some of these. Uh, lists and stuff like that. I'm like, Oh my gosh, should I just shut another day out of the week to try and work on this, to train people the right way? Because I feel like I'm going to lose four staff and then we're down to me and my manager. Right. Um, but that to offset your wage, you are making higher hourly. My expectations of you are higher. Um, but you're making some tips to offset that, you know, higher wage that you usually would have just been able to float the floor, not have to take tables and rely on tips um, and doing some prep. And I mean, we're all just kind of doing everything right now. Teamwork. I had a pushback the other day with this conversation that I was like, we need to go back to the training, bringing this host on. And she was like, I'm not even being a general manager right now. I'm cooking. I'm taking tables. I'm bartending. I'm doing the schedule. I'm trying to train. I'm leaving it to Stephanie to train because she has to work with her most often. Yep. And I just, I let her kind of burn her steam. But for me, I'm like, okay, if we want this to grow and come out of it by next summer, maybe we need to cut some hours on our open. And my thought was, you know, I give you a little bit of a raise, but yeah, we all have to take tables. We all have to cook right now. We all like.
1: So there's keep two keep things. Here, Cora. Actually, there's three things. Number one, I'm going to make an assumption. You tell me I'm wrong. I'm going to ask you outright. Do you have a budget for the next 12 months? What your plan for success looks like?
3: I'm working on that right now. I just hired Casey Anton.
1: Okay. Don't know who that is, but great answer. Make sure that is your plan for success. Look at the history. Say if I duplicate it, here's what I'm going to make or lose. What systems I got to put in place? How quickly? How is it going to change my numbers? That's critical because that's how we're going to answer some of these questions. Without a budget, you're just guessing. The second piece of this is when we have that budget is truly understanding that where are the cost savings coming in maybe cost to get sold to give your manager the hourly people to work that she can do her job because there is a point in time that you cannot do everything yourself. Maybe you have trimmed so far down and have her doing so much that we're going to have to let standards go because we're just in survival mode and that's what we've determined. But otherwise you want to make that change. How are we going to pay for this extra labor to get her do what we do? Well, the budget tells us we're making a change to our menu. We're trimming it down. We're changing concept. I don't care what it is. We got a plan. And then the other part is this. This is the part that gets personal. What you're sharing with me is that you have a bit of a and oh by the way just about every restaurant has this a leadership problem. Meaning you're not finding a way to share your vision with people and the why and how we're in it together clear enough that they don't they don't feel like they're a part of it. So you've got to really share with them. Here's our financial situation. Here's what I'm planning to do. I'm trying to keep you all employed so that when COVID makes that, turns that corner come summer, that we're still in business and you're still making money. And I'm, you know, I'm losing money, but I'm trying to make sure you're employed and we're here for the community. Whatever the story is, you've got to go back to your why, why you opened and be the leader they need. Does that make sense?
3: Yeah, it does. Um, it
0: does. Yeah. So real, real quick, I just want to first, great questions, Cora, and I have to the bravery it takes to get onto a public forum and to to, to ask for help to to say what your challenges are and to get that help publicly, it, like. I just need to like every time like I, I have to applaud because I think it takes a lot of bravery to talk about these things and uh, you're doing great. And the fact that you, you're willing to talk about it, just in my opinion, just says so much about where you're headed and what you're going to end up doing. So
1: and, and I, I already I, I, I have a restaurant crush on you because why <laughs> you're one of those people who understands you don't know what you don't know and you're willing to go find out. Because if we stuck in your four walls and do everything the same way you've always done, well, now we have reached the definition of insanity, which is the most of the people in the restaurant business, right? The definition of insanity from Albert Einstein, doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting a different result. And we do that over and over again in our business. And I add one thing to it. How's it working for you? And those people that aren't willing to put themselves out there and ask for help, they're doomed. People like you, who, who just energize me every single day to do what I'm doing, you're always looking for how to become better and you cannot teach that. That is the best quality. Does that make sense?
3: Thank you. Um, it's I just don't want people to make the same mistakes that I've made. You know, it's a hard battle. You,
1: you, well, and every time they make a mistake, when you make a mistake as a restaurant owner, what does it cost you? Oh. Time with time and money, right? Money. <laughs> yeah. So why would we want everybody to make the same dumbass mistake we learned by making the mistake, which costs us money? (laughs) Here's the deal. Cora I'm not the smartest guy in the world. I've just made every mistake and I'm telling you how not to do it. It's exactly what you're doing. That's what your goal is. Like I am not the smartest guy in the world. Everything of overscheduling and cutting people too early and not having a budget. And I did those things and they cost money. And so I think going to Harvard is cheaper than owning a restaurant when you talk about education.
3: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Yeah.
0: I love this. And uh, real quick, David did mention uh, the significance of having a budget. Um, and there is an episode that David and I recorded. It was episode, sorry, I got off the page. Five hundred and seventy-eight. So head over to restaurant slash five, seven, eight. There's a whole recording on budget. He really goes in deep. there's also a recording on menu engineering, which has come up a few times, I think in today's and, conversation and briefly, and
1: here's what I will throw out there for you, for your, for your listeners. And that's this, because that'll drive you back to my old company. If I remember correctly, yeah. I had an offer. Well, I've got a budgeting template that I've created a spreadsheet that's kind of been programmed and do, does a lot of things to make this automated and easy for you. And I've got a video lesson on how to create budget, step by step by steps, like an hour and a half long. It is deep dive along with this Google spreadsheet that you can have. So if you email me, but you got to be very clear because I I put I, I I can't be I can't remember all the things that I offer sometimes. But you say that you listen to me on the restaurant unstoppable. What do we? What is exactly? This is the uh, community, right?
0: Restaurant Unstoppable. This will be published to the the podcast. But uh,
1: okay, so restaurant yeah. unstoppable podcast, and you would like. My budget template and lesson. So you give me your email and your name through that on that email. I will add you to my member site and I will gift that to you.
2: Oh, you. Okay.
1: And that goes to anybody else who, who, who wants to do it. I'm telling you right now, it's not a magic pill. You're going to have work to do, Yeah, but it's going to change your life.
0: And David, is it cool if, uh, if, for the people who are in the network, that are here live with us today,
1: can we share those within the network? Uh, yeah, I still, I still need them to, I need their email address and their name because I got to add gotcha. them into my member site so that they can have access to it.
0: I will it say this
1: inside a, a locked door.
0: David is officially in the network. So that's another variable that's worth, and he's going to have his own private group within the network. Uh, so I don't know if there's conversation around David's material that you guys want to have, but that's a place where we can do it. A lot of cool stuff happening over there. Just want to say thanks to David for coming on. Yeah. Um, and just more of a comment, I did go through some uh, workshops with David and Ann this spring, right as all this PPP stuff hit. And just wanted to say it was very helpful. Thank you. So I advise everybody else to look into it. Um, and also just thanks for coming on here, and it's really showing me a lot of work that I need to get done.
1: I suck, I create work, brother.
0: That's, that's all right. I mean, it just opens your eyes, you know. You sit here and awesome. go through your own head why this stuff isn't getting done, and yeah. you realize it's because of you. Do you on that note, um, I love this idea. Like I always tell people to to start where they can for a lot of people. That's really small. But when you treat your, your small, tiny little freaking business, like a big ass business and you're doing a lot of little things, it makes, it makes it so much easier because you, you you treat it like this on day one before you ever open doors. If you wait until you open your doors, I mean, you're never going to get it 100% fine tuned until you open your doors. But when you get the majority of the framing in place before you open your doors or as close to day one as possible, when you're as small as
1: possible, it just makes this whole thing so much easier. Uh, You never like to tune that is you, you get to create your culture versus those you've been open. It's harder for you because you're changing your
0: culture Yeah, from day one with fewer relationships to manage. It's just so much easier Um, because it's there. It's established, you know, um, Cool. I love this conversation. Now's the last opportunity you guys have. If you have any questions.
2: Hello, everybody. Uh, well, first of all, I would like to say thank you very much, David. Uh, my pleasure. I love so much everything that you're teaching us. I actually listened uh, to you the first time in the boot camp for restaurant that I go during the COVID. And he helped me so much to do my uh, recipe, uh, my recipe goes cards. He helped me a lot. So I love it.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: and more than a question is that um, so I, I got Jolt and I've been using it for a while now. But as, as you said, I have all the checklists, but definitely I don't have them detailed as you're explaining. Right. So I just wanted to ask you, like, when you're adding them, you just put a description in the, let's say, how you have in your list, like, tank, And then you have a description on how to do it. And then right. they just have to check it because that's what's happening right now, like. They just check that they did it, and sometimes they just take a picture, but it's like, you know, very superficial picture. So you know, I've been having the same problem, and it's not improving. So.
1: It, right. The, the bottom line is make sure that detail is in there. I mean, the bottom line yeah, is, again, we started off, and Eric brought it up as common sense. We think that we say what clean looks like. We think that we say hey, here's a great example. Let's say in your restaurant for a server, it is restock B and B plates. Well, you go look at it and you go, oh, I'm going to double check. It says they did B&B plates and you look and there's three, three B&B plates there. Why? Hey, you said you stocked this. I did stock it. The dishwasher only had three clean. I did my job. You got to say 25. Like you can't yeah. go home till there's 25 B&B plates. The more specific and clear you are, the better. So what you're going to start to do is, Diva, as you start to see people fail on your checklist. Okay. add more detail, right? It's online. You just go right in and you, you expand the exactly how it should look like when it's done. And the beautiful part about the jolt is he said it takes pictures. So those of you who are not familiar with the jolt, one of the things that I love about it is it says, hey, show me, prove to me you did it, take a picture. Like go walk out and show me that the dumpster lids are closed. Take a picture. Well, it'll send the picture, but what's nice is they can't go in and grab it from their, their camera roll. They have to take a live picture. So it would only take a picture live, which means that is exactly what it looked like, and it's time, date, stamped for that moment. So the difference, again, here, Diva, is it's probably that you're just not missing the... You're missing the details. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, I think I definitely... Now I know that I'm definitely I'm missing the details. And as I said, it's like... Is checking the checklist checker, as you guys are saying. Yes. Because, uh, because I have it in my phone, you know, I can check it out whatever I want, but sometimes I just don't. So, as I said, they can post any picture, but it doesn't mean that they did it, you know, correctly.
1: So, if you need to, like Eric started in the beginning, and I said implementer, do you have one person that is anal retentive to make sure all the details are there? Are I just
2: got it. Uh, I'm actually part of the masterminds of uh, Eric, and... Okay. Um, you know, I, I've been in this business six years, but I just feel that this year is the only one that i actually been working, you know, doing something that is going to organize my business. So, it's been, like, crazy. Um, yes. But, you know, that, that's what I'm working right now. I just actually hire a person that, you know, is my manager. I didn't have it before. It was just me. So, you know, I'm going in that direction. It just organization and not just having the system. Like, you know, I changed a bunch of stuff. I'm, I'm with, um, I'm also, you know, with tools that I help you with a lot of stuff too. But you sure. know, if you don't check whatever they're doing, it doesn't matter the system that you have. And that's a problem that I was having.
1: Yeah. There's um,
0: accountability.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I love this. Thank you so much, Diva in, uh, David, I know we had you until one th- or, 1230, um, but an hour and a half. We do have one hand raised. If you can. I'm bring. good. I'm good. Okay, cool. One more question. Uh, Ramon, I am unmuting your mic and you should be. There you go. Go for it.
2: As always, what is some advice that you would give your younger self? Ooh,
1: What advice would I give my younger self? Um, quite honestly, it, it, this probably doesn't make a lot of sense, but it, it's something that I never listened to quite clearly till I got older and it was from my father. Choose your attitude. Like we're in the shittiest time to do business in the world. Like I've never seen COVID before, right? None of us have, we are seeing a second wave. We're going, it's, it like, it feels like a second sucker punch. And the bottom line is, as I talked earlier and we talked about being a great leader, your, your team is looking for you to be a leader and you know, we always say, leave your, leave your problems at the door. But as a leader, you've got to really do so. And, and here's what my father used to say. It could be raining outside and you could be sad. It could be raining outside and you'd be happy. It's going to rain. What we've got to do every day is to choose our attitude, not let the things crush us, bring us down, because the moment we put ourselves in that negative space, nothing gets done right it's when we lean on vices like alcohol drugs food just for a little bit of uh, of temporary leeway we we if we're a chef owner we go back and we hide in the in the and we start doing prep and right, rocking the knife if we're a, a numbers person we hide in the office and we work on spreadsheets and we're not working with our people or our guests so when we can choose our attitude when we can truly stay positive this best we can and truly keep us moving forward towards our goal I think that's what I would tell myself not to let the little shit literally bring me down and stop me dead in the tracks. Does that help? I thought that was awesome. Uh, (laughs) i love that answer uh
0: so one more question it came through and i think we can probably answer this quickly from casey uh he wanted me to read it for him because it's loud where he's at right now but basically uh, as we all know uh change is always met with opposition when implementing change what are some of the examples for how you handle opposition in imposing your
1: will to the staff Great. I want everybody to do me a favor. And so yeah, I can see you on camera. I want you to show me your hands like this. Everybody do it. Play with me. Now do me a favor. Clasp your hands together. Nice, huh? Since you were a baby, sucking your thumb. Boom! This is what you've been doing. Now, open your hands up, shift one finger, and close them again. Ew, tell me that doesn't feel, that is gross. That is like just <laughs> disgusting. It's awful. But that's all we're doing. When we implement systems, we're asking people to change. It's uncomfortable. And here's what we're going to have. Here is what I would do is if we start implementing these changes. I'm going to make you a terrible promise. I'm going promise, to promise you with 100% certainty you will lose one or more of your best employees who you thought you were best employees because they don't like change. They just don't like to change and they get to make the decision. As long as I've trained them, what their job is, how to do it, how well they should be done more important than right win. I give them all the support coaching and everything I do to help them be successful. Then I can rest assured that they get to make a choice to be a change agent or leave. And you've got to be able to draw that line in the sand. So here's what I'm going to give you as a piece of advice. You're going to have a, an employee meeting. Maybe it's that cleaning party. That's the right, Eric. Here it is. Yes. Bring everybody in. We're going to have the team meeting and clean. We're going to say, hey, everybody, we started working with the restaurant unstoppable, Eric and his mastermind group and and all these these experts that he brings on. And we're learning a ton of stuff and we're going to make some serious changes in the business. And I'm going to tell you, I'm so excited about the changes. Let me tell you how it number one benefits our guest. Let me number two, tell you how it benefits you. And number three, let me tell you how it benefits me and my family. And we're so excited about this change. And I want everybody to come along on this journey and we are do everything we can to bring you all along with it because we not only want, we need you. Now, I understand that some of you aren't going to like this change and you may quit or get fired. Either way, that's going to make me extremely sad, but it's not going to be because we didn't make every effort to make you as good as you can be to help us with this change. And then you find one more positive thing and you move on. But draw the line in the sand to let them know they get to make the choice. But here's the deal. I often tell uh, my members that you're going to know if somebody's going to do the job when you make this change within three weeks. Because when we put systems in place, take, for instance, this whole topic was a checklist. You're going to follow the checklist. Or you're not. And in three weeks time, if I keep teaching you and you keep demonstrating, you understand when I'm over your shoulder, you can do it. And then you can do it on your own. Then every day you get to make, we change the word accountability from a negative, I'm going to hold you accountable, to my definition of answerable. When you know your obligations, your decisions, and actions for what it is. So here's the deal. If I, your obligation is your J-O-B. So I teach you exactly what the job is, how to do it, how well it should be done, more importantly, by when you demonstrate you can do it on your own, and you do it 24 weeks in a row, and let's say it's a checklist. Week 25, you make the decision whether you're going to do your job or not, and then you are answerable for the resulting consequences. It's not, oh, I didn't know. You didn't tell me. It's not any conflict. It's like, dude, you didn't do the checklist. I know. I'm so sorry. It'll never happen again. I'm not going to have that that gray area where it becomes a struggle when people push. It's because you're you're not willing to be consistent. Everybody gets treated the same way even and especially if they've been with you for a decade or more, they aren't special. Everyone's treated the same. Everyone's held to the same standard. Does that answer the question?
0: I think it does. Uh, Casey, I don't see or hear you, but I'm hoping it does. Uh, I think it was an incredible answer or yeah, a great answer. Um, uh, great question too. Thank you, Casey. And we're officially abusing your time now. We're almost 10 <laughs> minutes over our agreed upon window. So I just need to say thank you so much, David. It's always a pleasure to, to make an example of you and to share your knowledge. You, you always blow us away. You're always welcome back and you're in the network. So, um, love to have you there and I'm so excited for what we can, you know, do in the future, collaborating and sharing your knowledge. So I appreciate um, you,
1: my friend. And I appreciate everybody taking the time to listen because your time is valuable. I hope you got a ton out of it and go out there and, and kick some ass.
0: Yeah. And you did give us the calls to action um, before, uh, when we, before the Q and a, but do you want to remind people one more time, the best way, to reach out you're, to you. And to- you're going to follow
1: that one slide where we talk about where you're going to throw your old checklist to the side. You're going to give away, give blank checklist to your two best employees in each of your positions for opening, closing side work checklist. You're going to walk your restaurant with that yellow pad of paper, finding everything that's wrong with your business. You're going to then take your old checklist, your new checklist and your yellow pad of paper and make sure everything makes it appropriately detailed on the appropriate checklist by day, by position so nothing gets missed. And then you can have that one, last cleaning party to clean your restaurant to that standard because when your re- managers follow those checklists on a daily basis your restaurant is left to that standard every shift
0: yeah and make sure you guys stick around for the closing thoughts um, we're gonna really work out the details of uh, how to you know for you guys to connect with uh with david if you have further questions or if you want to work with david I'll, ma- I'll make sure i really map out um, the best ways to reach out to david to make sure uh that you're you know getting the best deal possible. So, um all right, that's that. Uh, again, thank you so much David for taking the time to share your knowledge, your 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 wisdom, your your energy, man. I love talking to you. There is no questioning you are unstoppable. What did I say? David crushes it when he's on the mic. I hope you guys found value today. Never mind. I, forget I said that. I know you found value today because there was just so much incredible great advice in today's chat. So, if you are digging what David Scott Peters is dropping and you want more from David Scott Peters head over to restaurant stoppable network.com right now. Join the network. Uh, Ask for access to the private David Scott Peters group. And the idea is we want to get as many people who are leveraging David Scott Peters lessons, his wisdom in their business together to, to support each other. And if you're interested in giving David Scott Peters as your own personal coach, he is offering a 24 week premium coaching program right now. Where if you're interested, what you do is you head to the network or you can head over to restaurantstoppable.com slash 763. And I'll have the link to, uh, Uh, do that discovery call with David. Uh, If you're interested in coaching, what you'll do is he'll, he'll try to find out what's holding you guys back from becoming unstoppable in your business. Uh, He'll try to find out if you guys are a good match for each other. And if you are, and you choose to enter into David's 24 week premium coaching program, he will pay me $2,000 as a thank you for sending him traffic and helping his business. But here's the thing. I told David, you know what, I don't want $2,000. I want you to give me $1,000, and I want to pay it forward to whoever you're working with. I want to send them a check or take $1,000 off their bill when they work with you, and that's what we're going to do. So if you go to Restaurant Unstoppable Network, you join the network, You you enter through you tell net david that you're in the network he verifies with me that you're in the network you will save a $1000 when you work with david and you can get access to a bunch of other restaurant owners and operators using his his lessons and his 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 thoughts and what he's doing what he's teaching in their business you can access them as well so i'm telling you it pays to be in the network on top of this there's so many deals I'm working out right now with my preferred vendors, the people who are in my network. Literally, this is this is my network. These are the people I'm going to if I'm opening my own restaurant tomorrow. Jim is giving you guys six months access to restaurantowner.com, a complete archive of any and every template, PDF, checklist, anything you can think of is all over there. Plus, they just launched their e-learning platform, and they're going to give you access and three of your managers and 30 of your employees access to that e-learning platform. So you guys can put your training online and really streamline your training Plus, we have Kerry Luxem, who's going to be giving you two months access to KerryLuxemHR.com. That's a value of $100 right there. And we have countless of other people entering into the network, and I'm negotiating the best deals with them. So get in the network for a dollar a day. You get access to me weekly, at least two hours a week. You get access to my network. You get access to the best deals, and you get access to a bunch of other passionate restaurant owners and operators trying to be the best version of themselves. Come on, come hang out. All right, guys, that's it for today. Thanks for sticking around this long. Until next time, peace out.